0: Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting radiolamont.com. The Lamborghini Super Trofeo North America on IMSA Radio.
1: On IMSA Radio.
0: And this is it. It has come down to this. The 2020 Lamborghini Super Trofeo North American Championship will be decided here. The final two rounds, Sebring International Raceway. And what a season it has been. Four different sets of championships crowned at the end of this weekend. Where is this historic Sebring International Raceway? Well, about an hour and a half south of Orlando, Florida. The Disneyland Kingdom has nothing on Sebring International Raceway. Just look at this iconic racetrack. Long straights, tight corners, really designed to emulate the turns at Le Mans and built on a World War II bomber training base. Turn one, very high-speed entry. Good passing zone, perhaps the best passing. Turn seven there at the hairpin. Turns 10, 11, and 12. You can always get something done there, but it's a big risk. And then finally, turn 17, your last chance to get inside or maybe outside your competitor, get the run onto the front straightaway and to the checkered flag. Like I said, two rounds to settle the championships in 2020 from here at Sebring. Welcome everyone, Brian Sill, along with Jeremy Shaw. And not only two rounds, Jeremy, but I find this interesting because it's two rounds on the same day. If you make a mistake and have a problem in race number one, you don't have much time to get that Lamborghini Super Trofeo Huracan Evo back on track for this afternoon's action
1: well good morning brian yes you're absolutely right and uh, you know, you don't want any problems in today's race you want to get to into the finale of the, of the season which will be coming up in just a few hours time
0: and championships jeremy especially in the pro category you look at it madison snow leads he's got a 15 point margin over jake edson But that was whittled down after qualifying. Jake Edson and Steven Agacani both did their jobs. They qualified on pole in the two respective races. That gave them a point, and that has closed the championship down even further. I look at it, and to me, Madison Snow needs at least one podium finish and perhaps another fourth if Jake Edson and Steven Agacani can walk away with two victories here.
1: Yeah, certainly an intriguing final round of the championship, and the the uh, the chasers in the championship. Stephen Agarani and Jacob Benson. They're running a brand new car this weekend. It's a gorgeous looking car too. It's a a, a unique Tricolori edition coloured Lamborghini. It's white with green and red highlights on it it looks absolutely gorgeous it's brand new car they tested it with that car here a few weeks ago and decided they liked it so much they're going to race it for the first time so it's a new car for that pairing and steven nagakani has put it on the pole position
0: and you look at that and a lot of times new cars have bugs but at the same point in time new cars a little tighter chassis they respond a little bit better to trait to changes, to setup changes. Maybe that's what we're seeing, but we're talking about championships. We're talking about Steven Agakani and Jake Edson on the pole. Let's talk about the rest of the field, Jeremy. Take us through the starting lineup for round number nine, race number one here at Seabree.
1: Yeah, we've got a 16-car entry for these final two races of the season. Signing at the back in car number 99 is Danny Formal for Anson Motorsports. That car actually qualified fifth position, but it was found to be too low in post-qualifying technical inspection. So we'll start at the back. Alongside him, also having problems in, in qualifying, Trevor Andrusco in car number 38. Row seven of the grid is Sydney McKee in car number 87, alongside Matt Dickin in car number 36, making his return after missing the last couple of races out on the, the West Coast. 12th position on the grid is our leading LB Cup contender, that's Randy Solari in car number 03 for change racing. Alongside him on the grid is Ashton Harrison in car number 25 for, for prestige performance, Wayne Taylor racing. Row five, Victor Gomez, the fourth, the championship leader in the AM category for change racing in car number 29. Alongside Eric Curran making his return to the championship uh, in calendar 69 for Wayne Taylor Racing. Row 4 making his debut in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo North America. From Germany is Moritz Kranz in calendar 74 for TPC Racing alongside the Brazilian uh, Leo Lomelis in car number 24. Fellow Brazilian Sergio Jimenez, who, d- who dominated the races out on the west coast at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca a couple of weeks ago, will start in the sixth position in car number 13, alongside the Pro-Am Championship leader Corey Lewis in car number 63 for change racing. Row two of the grid is Stephen McAleer, Excuse me, for precision performance in calibre one, alongside Brandon Godovic in calibre 46 for precision performance motorsports. Onto the front row, the championship leader Madison Snow in calibre 16 for change racing. But on that pole position for US Ray a brand new car, the youngster, his second pole of the season, just uh, just 17 years of age, is Stephen Agakani.
0: So you talk about second pole of the season, but I think it's five or six for that team. That combination of Edson and Agakani, they have been impressive. We'll see how impressive they can be in that new car for Madison Snow, though, Jeremy, what is he thinking? Is he thinking I got to go out and win this thing, or is he thinking if I can just finish on the rear wing of that number six, I'm going to be fine. If it's me, I'm going to do what I've done all season long, and that is race and race for the win, and we are about to get at it. Safety car into the pit lane field of Lamborghini Super Hurac- Evos on to the front straight. Aga Kani, drivers left Snow to the right. That is the championship on the front row right now. First and second green flag waves beautiful start Aga Kani with a bit of a jump on the way down to turn one. He
1: yeah, has a good start there by the young Californian but they're side by side and around the
0: outside using an oh! experience with
1: Madison in a little bit too soon. Contact. He slides wide.
0: Now Madison Snow has got some work to do. Oh, wow, that, that I mean, we're going to say this a lot through these next couple of races. Big championship implications. Madison Snow let his intentions be known there and almost contact again in turn three with the number 13. Madison Snow lagged back a little bit on the start, but it looked like he was going to get that outside run around Agakani contact, and Snow almost threw it all away. Now that, that defensive the, Snow down into tight. the hairpin, Jeremy.
1: That was tight. That was really, really close down there. Madison Snow, he's on a pretty eventful
0: first lap, exactly what he did not want as the championship leader. I think Danny Formal with that charge up from starting back in the pack, a little bit of an issue as well. But now Madison Snow in that bright white number 16, back to fourth. When you go back to the start and you look at it, Snow makes a leap around the outside, but just hasn't cleared Agakani in the six contact right front to left rear that sends snow out wide and it could have easily spun him he could have thrown the championship all the way right there and Jeremy interesting it was mistakes on the part of the number six team that really have set them back they made a mistake in the final race at Michelin Raceway uh, Road Atlanta there in the final goings with a spin that set them well back and then a mistake on a restart cost them a penalty At WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, you can't make mistakes in Lamborghini Super Trofeo action. It's going to hurt.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, I I think that was a clean start. I don't think there was anything uh, untoward there between those two leaders. Just good hard racing going into turn one. Uh, Madison Snow was uh, kind of trying to cut across from the outside line, but he wasn't clear of the uh, of the pole sitter. So he did a really good job to hang on to that number six E car, and he's going to complete this first lap in the fourth position.
0: My concern, if I'm Madison Snow I I really want to feel out this race car, especially in right-hand corners as they whistle through turn one. He's trying to move his way back up. He now has the one in front of him to get up to that third position. My concern would be my left rear tire because it was the left rear that made contact with the right front of Agakani and with the dive planes on these Lamborghinis. That dive plane up front for Agakani could have easily done some damage to that left rear for Snow, so he really needs to feel that out, make sure that he's got that sidewall underneath him, and that he's got good pressure in that number 16.
1: Yeah, and uh, just so you uh, were, the, uh, the car number 38 of uh, Trevor Andrusko did not start the race. Uh, he was uh, supposed to start uh, toward the back of the field. They had some problems in qualifying. There's an electrical problem. The car just wouldn't start this morning either. So Trevor Andrusko and uh, Scott Schmidt will not start that number 38 car running in the, uh, in the AM category this weekend. But out in front, we've still got, got Stephen Agakarni, a really good first lap to complete. Lap one with a, a gap of almost a second over Brandon Godovic
0: up into second position. Moritz Kranz in the 74. That's silver, red, and blue Lamborghini having a good run. Interesting to see that driver here. First time we've seen Kranz all year long, and he has been impressive from unloading here at Sebring. Qualified first in the AM category in the 74. He's sharing with Tom Kerr this weekend. And for Tom Kerr, first time he's been in Lamborghini Super Trofeo North American action with a teammate. So Kerr's got a good one in Kranz.
1: Yeah, and uh, the, the, the field uh, not really strung out at all. So good battles all the way up and down. This one is now a 15-car field without the uh, number 38 car of, of uh, Trevor Andrusco. But some good battling there and uh, trying to work his way through the pack. Danny Formal in car number 99 started at the back, qualified in the fifth position in uh, in qualifying yesterday uh, as the fastest car in the pro-am category but he's had to go to the back of the field that car just a little bit under the minimum ride height after qualifying so he's got his work to do danny four miles from costa rica to uh, move his way back up through the field but this battle uh, continuing here this is for a third position with uh, stephen mclean the scotsman in that place right now ahead of the championship leader madison snow
0: when i looked at the points jeremy and you're a better mathematician than i am is snow continuing work on the rear wing of McAleer in front of him look to me like after the two pole positions of Aga Connie and Edson in the number six the points that they closed down that Madison Snow needs to leave here with a fourth and a third place finish if he's to hold on to this championship lead he sits fourth right now you can't throw anything away by trying to get McAleer but you need to move forward as quickly as you can patience I think would be a virtue but at the same point in time. You've got to pounce when you have an opportunity, and that's exactly what Snow's trying to do right now as they head over to turn 13 inside. McLeary gets the job done, and Snow now on a charge back up towards the front. He takes over third.
1: What a great move there by Madison Snow, using all of his experience there to find a way past Steve, Stephen McLeary. He set it up at turn 10. Got a good run off that corner. We've been able to go around the outside of those two kind of kinks to the left, it turns 11 and 12, and that put him on the inside for tower turn, turn 13, and now Madison's up into third position.
0: Talking to Stephen McAleer yesterday, a little disappointed with the performance they've had this year in that number one car. He said, we just can't get a handle on it he and Stewart middleton they get a car that can turn a good lap or two in. he said but then the performance just goes away some of it may be learning to drive this gt based car coming out of imsa prototype challenge this year for uh stephen mcalier but this is a guy who's driven everything you just eventually i think you've got to learn the car a little bit and find the setup that works for your driving style but most importantly especially in a place like sebring you've got to be able to keep those tires underneath you for the entire 50 minutes
1: that that is certainly is a factor around here you know these these tires take a beating this is a a tough physical racetrack it's pretty warm out here even even though it's early in the morning it's still it's already pretty warm out there and as we see a move to the inside that's Leo Lamellis trying to uh, get past uh, Ashton Harrison that is a battle for the 11th and 12th positions uh, and fourth place in the pro-am class right ahead of them on the road is Danny Formal. And right ahead of Danny Mile is
0: Eric Curran in car number 69. Sergio Jimenez in fifth right now. What a weekend he had in that copper color, that bronze color, number 13. What a weekend he had last time out at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna. Seca. So he walked away wrapping up both wins on the weekend, Jeremy. Impressive stuff, not only for he, but his team as well.
1: Yeah, that's right. It was a, a really good uh, result there for for that team. And uh, Sergio Jimenez now he's got uh, he's not got the same pace as he had at uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Uh, maybe he likes the west coast more than the east coast. <laughs> although these these weather conditions here are more uh, akin to what he's used to in Brazil. Uh, but he's having to run now in that in that fifth place. And uh, Corey Lewis, the pro am leader. But uh, he, yes, he's a, he's in the pro am classes. Corey Lewis, uh, Sergio Jimenez is a pro, but uh, Corey Lewis, he's won the Pro Championship himself a couple of times in the past. So he's been around this series a long, long time. He's going to be sharing that number 63 change racing entry representing the Charlotte dealerships with McKay Snow, who is a younger brother of Madison, who's in that
0: third position overall. And that's another championship battle that we've got to keep an eye on because Corey Lewis and McKay Snow, they lead the Pro-Am Championship in the number 63 but Leo Lamellis has closed down on them. He picked up two points in the championship with good runs at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. So with a fourth-place finish and a victory there, Lamellis has kind of closed that back in a little bit. He's got eight points he's going to have to gather up here in these two rounds at Sebring. That's a pretty big haul, but for Corey Lewis and McKay Snow, they cannot let up at all, which is why Lewis tried to take the fight right now to Jimenez, who's just in front. Down through Gurney Bend towards the hairpin, the slowest corner on the racetrack for any car that runs here. About 43 miles an hour at the apex in one of these Lamborghinis. Then you accelerate out of there through the Fangio chicane, the right-left, which used to be a lot tighter, into Cunningham Corner, also known as Turn 10. Heavy braking for this right-hand corner down a couple of gears out of there, the left-hander Collier Curve named for Sam Collier, who really is the one who flew over this racetrack many, many years ago in the fifties and looked down and said, I think we could have an endurance style sports car race there, and it was really kind of his idea. Unfortunately, he was killed in a tragic racing accident not long after that, but they took his memory and brought it to this event, and he'll always be a part of what Sebring International Raceway is, and especially the endurance races that take place here right now the 63 Corey lewis sits in the lead in pro-am that's where he needs to be kranz right behind him we were just talking about moritz kranz he could care less where Corey lewis is because for kranz this is his debut in lamborghini super trofeo north america and he wants to make a good impression certainly is at this point in time jeremy
1: well he really is yes and uh, that's uh... Uh, for the uh, TPC Racing team. He's running that car, uh, as, as number 74, has been run previously by Tom Kerr this season. Tom is co-driving with, uh, excuse me, Moritz Kranz. Moritz, has got, he's got a lot of experience in all sorts of different cars. He's, at, whoa, there's a big sideways slide. I think that was, uh, was that Danny, was that, uh, D- Danny Formal? Danny am not quite sure. I think it might have been, but uh, that was a, uh, a big slide there coming out of that final corner. But Moritz Kranz is running a really nicely now and he he will share that number 74 car with Tom Kerr in this race in the AM category which
0: they now lead and for Mal yeah I don't know if he got into the side of a car that was beside him but he's got significant left I rear think, damage that that yeah. damage was there before yeah. he got to the wall the question is did it come from the other car or did the suspension just collapse on the bumps
1: yeah one one or the other certainly but uh, it was it was the uh, the cause of that, uh, it, it, of uh, collecting a wall was, it was, it was not the effect. It was, a, it was a, the, uh, something went wrong on that car. He got a puncture, uh, or, or a suspension, uh, failed on that car. Did yeah. He, no, he's got a puncture. The, the tire went did down. He rip the was tire contact... right
0: off the rim right there. He did. It's right off. Yeah. Wow. You could see it. The car yeah. sits down so hard. It literally pulls the tire off of the wheel it gets that instantaneous deflation, and for a less experienced driver, it could have been all over and in the fence. But for does a great job of keeping it out of the fence. It makes a little contact, and just takes a banner with him, but that could have been huge.
1: Yeah, that was a great save by Danny Malle. I mean, that uh, just uh, watch it coming around the corner. The car just leaps up around, up bounces up and down over the bumps, and all of a sudden, the tire just blows. Uh, as, it, as the car comes crashing back down to earth again. That was a brilliant save by Danny Fourmile. Uh, he, he's quite a talent, this young man. He's been uh, a, a mega star in the karting ranks, the go karting ranks for many, many years. Uh, but uh, just, he's done some, some the odd race here and there. But this season really is his, his first in professional racing, given the opportunity by this Ansa Motorsports team to drive that number 99 car. And he's been a bit of, bit of a revelation in that Pro-Am class. He's been running right up at the front, and uh, that's an unfortunate end to his race, but it was a, he did a great job to save it. That could have been really, really nasty, and the damage on that car, I think, is pretty minimal, thanks to the reflexes there of Danny Formal.
0: Respect the bumps. That is the tagline here at Sebring. Everybody says it in every class for Danny Formal. He just found out what that means as those bumps in turn 17 just ripped That Pirelli tire right off the left rear wheel, causing an instantaneous deflation for him. He is out. Steven Agacani is out in front doing exactly what he needs to do, Jeremy, keeping that car out there. And I'm really, really impressed as we talked about. There have been some mistakes made on the part of this team, but they have put those behind them. They came here with a brand new car, as you mentioned, did everything that they been asked to do so far and that is qualify on the pole for both race one and two and now agakani with a bold start from the pole held madison snow to the outside has taken the lead now has about two and a half seconds in hand
1: yeah 50 minute race uh, and of course there's a mandatory pit stop uh, anytime between 20 minutes into the race Uh, there's a 10 minute window in which every car has to come onto the pit lane uh, there is a, a, a mandatory also minimum pit stop time that time is taken from the moment the cars enter the pit lane to the moment they exit and uh, the minimum driver the, the minimum time in that split has to be 93 seconds for the cars that have two drivers for the solo drivers the minimum time is 96 seconds so three seconds longer the reasoning for that well the driver if somebody's driving a solo in this race he's already done a minimum of 20 minutes Uh, at at the wheel of that car before he makes his pit stop he knows exactly how the car is handling uh, how the uh, how how much grip there is in in, in every different part of the racetrack whereas the guy's going out fresh taking over from somebody else he's got to learn how the car feels on the racetrack in this particular time that is why uh, the there is a, a three second penalty if you'd like for driving solo in this race and that could be a factor during during this race because steven agakarni he is uh, he is sharing the car with jacob edson so his pit stock could be quicker than those of his two pursuers brandon godovic in second position in car number 46 and
0: madison snow in third place in car number 16. brandon godovic onto the front straight away the last time at the exit of 17 got into one of the banners that danny Fermal had ripped off the tire wall at the outside doesn't seem to have affected the 46 at all, and Brandon Godovic, one of those drivers, driving solo, third in the championship, and he's mathematically capable of winning, but it really it means the other cars don't need to start the race. No one's told Brandon Godovic that, because as we see on a regular basis, he is up on the wheel and pushing forward. He's going to make the best of this championship, whether he can win it or not, and that's really what you've got to do. You put your head down and drive to win every time you're out there on the racetrack, and you never know what's going to come your way. He's had some good runs in the Xfinity Series this year at Indy and at Daytona, running up front in those two series. And what a change from running a Lamborghini Super Trofeo car to running an Xfinity car in NASCAR. But he's done a great job, and both of them right now, not letting Aga Khani get away as they head down the Ullman Street into Sunset Bend, turned 17 and they'll complete another lap here at Sebring.
1: Yes, but how different different it could have been for Brandon Godovic. He qualified on the pole position, actually, for the first time at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca a few weeks ago. Unfortunately, due to a Kind of a clerical error let's say uh they didn't fuel the car properly so he had to come in to make a pit stop and to stop that car off with fuel cost him any chance of a win there and that win could have got him could have had him right in contention for this championship but uh, right now he's just going to go as hard as he possibly can he's chasing in second place is uh, the uh, virginian there brandon godovic from yorktown in virginia he's had five overall wins in the lamborghini Super Trofeo, made his debut back in 2015 so one of the most experienced drivers in the field and uh, hanging on there in the second position and trying to track down uh, steven Agakani
0: in the lead you use the term would and could and as far as racing goes jeremy you've been around this, this long enough to know Those are two words that you shouldn't use because we all would have and should have won championships at some point in time, right? That's (laughs) That's exactly
1: right. Would have, could (laughs) have, should have, didn't. Yes, there's there's, uh, four uh, four words uh, at the end of that phrase out there. Would have, could have, should have didn't (laughs) exactly next time but uh moritz Moritz Kranz is uh, really keeping the pressure here on uh, corey lewis there they're in different classes these two corey lewis is running uh first in the pro-am category sixth place overall behind all the pro contenders uh moritz kranz though he's leading the am category he will hand over that car to tom kerr for the second part of this race and uh we talked about the pit window being open between 30 minutes into the race which is uh, I think only a couple of minutes from now for 10 minutes uh, and I would expect to see Moritz Kranz there uh, stay out as long as he possibly can before handing out that, that car over to uh, Tom Kerr who doesn't have anything like as much overall racing experience as the German driver Moritz Kranz.
0: Now Kranz has a lot of experience when you really look at it and, and he's uh, very talented he's got VLN race wins he's got I believe a class win at the Nürburgring 20. 20- so, This is a a driver that certainly knows how to get it done, slotted into the AM category, as you said, with Tom Kerr here at Sebring, but really putting the pressure on Lewis. And this is one of those things where you've got to really know where you fit in. We talk a lot about this in Lamborghini Super Trofeo North America action. That is four different classes. And, you know, as the 63 flashes through turn one one more time with Kranz right behind him, Lewis – needs to understand that the car right behind him doesn't matter in overall points for the championship. And that's where you can get yourself in trouble. Four different classes, but all of them have exactly the same chassis, the same power plant, the same horsepower. So you're racing with people a lot of times that you really don't need to be racing with as far as your championship points all goes.
1: Well, that's absolutely right. And uh, Corey Lewis and, and McKay Snow come in to these uh, final two races, leading Leo Lamellas by uh, just eight points in the championship. That is certainly a deficit that can be overcome this weekend, particularly with uh, five cars in the Pro-Am class. Unfortunately, one of them already out of the race. That's Danny Formal with that problem uh, a little bit earlier on. Uh, Leo Lamellis running currently in the third position in Pro-Am, 10th overall in car 24. He's running for the US RaceTronics team, but uh, he will be driving this race solo, whereas both uh, Corey Lewis and Eric Curran will be uh, handing over to co-drivers uh uh Corey lewis's co-driver McKay Slow is fast eric curran's co-driver william hudble not quite so much uh, very little racing experience for uh, for william uh, so leo Labella certainly has an opportunity to at least move up into second position in the pro-am class
0: well pit window is open Brandon godovic takes it and and that was close i mean i kind of look down and look back up and I believe that he was okay when he came in I don't think he got to that line early but Godovic the first of the takers I believe for the pit stop driving solo he'll have to be in pit lane not stopped but in pit lane for 96 seconds there are pit limiting speed signs at pit entry that's where the, the timing beam starts and then it stops as you leave pit lane. You go past the speed limit sign on the way out. That's where the timing loop ends. And in between those two marks, you need to spend 96 seconds if you're driving solo. And as you said, 93 if you've got a co-driver. Pit on the back straight in the pit lane that was built for WEC a couple of years ago, and so Lamborghini pitting on the back straight, not the front straight, as is customary at Sebring. Meanwhile, Steven Agacani still out in front in the pro category. Corey Lewis in the 63 leads in Pro-Am and 75. Maurice Krantz right behind 74, I should say. Krantz right behind him, so the leader in Pro-Am and in Am running nose to tail as they head into turn 10.
1: Yeah, certainly a good battle. There's, there's uh, several good battles going on uh, around the field. Another good battle going on for second position in the LB Cup category with Matt Dickin trying to hold off uh, Sydney McKee, who had her first win last time out at uh, Tech Raceway Laguna Seca. But I think this is the best battle on the racetrack right now. It is for, uh, at the moment uh, for the uh, fifth and sixth positions with Corey Lewis uh, and uh, Moritz Kranz. As we see now, Stephen Agakarni, the race
0: leader, making to the pit lane on his 11th lap. Two of the most important pit stops, young Steven Agagani and Jake Edson will do all Whoops. year as the 38 has a problem out on the racetrack. And Driscoll oh, yeah. with a little oh. off on in turn three, well, I believe. That That's actually his first lap. That
1: car, it didn't, it wasn't, uh, it didn't take the start yeah, it didn't of the race. it so just come out of the pits. So they finally got that car fired up, uh, but uh, he's uh, slid off the road there. But good to to see
0: at least that car is is now back, is into the race. Probably cold tires. He was in such a hurry to get out there. Hadn't got pressure up yet. And that banner causing problems. It just caused a big problem for Maurice Krantz in the 74. Picks it up and attaches it to the rear wing as he comes through turn 17. The good thing is, I don't know if they were planning on making a stop this lap, but in about two-thirds of a lap he can dive the pit lane and get that taken off in the meantime it will be a problem on the rear wing the airflow not flowing over the right side of the rear wing the way it should and that will not only reduce downforce on that side but it'll create tremendous buffeting and tremendous drag so downforce spread across the back of the car will be uneven and that will be to put it mildly uncomfortable
1: (laughs) yeah that won't be a lot of fun uh, driving that car at the moment but uh, the the, uh, the first car to come on into the pits to in kind of a 46 for the uh, 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 precision performance motorsports team he's now back out uh, into the race uh, as are uh, a couple of the other contenders that came in early as well
0: jake edson now in the six he's back out on the racetrack as the 46 Flashes through turn 17 for another lap. Godovic back out. And you wonder why, if you're not familiar with Lamborghini Super Trofeo action, you wonder why that solo driver needs to sit on pit lane or needs to be on pit lane for another three seconds. Well, it's pretty easy. That driver knows the racetrack, knows the car, knows the tires, has an advantage. So they come in, they sit. They do their stop. They pull back out. They have an advantage. They'll be back up to speed a little bit quicker. They're comfortable. They feel good. They they know what's going on. Imagine going skiing with one of your buddies. You've done a couple of runs. They haven't. Just pick them up at the lodge. they got to get warmed up. It's the exact same thing with Lamborghini Super Trofeo action on those pit stops. If you're doing a dual driver format, you're at a little bit of a disadvantage. So they make sure that the solo driver has a little longer pit stop. If you're doing a driver change, you can do it in three less seconds, and that gives you the opportunity to get out there and learn that race car as a green cold driver, so to speak, after that 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 driver change, that pit stop. Big slide on the part of the 13, Sergio Jimenez. And we talk about respecting the bumps. They are everywhere here at Sebring International, not just turn 17 where we tend to think of them. Turn one is also a very bumpy area, area, Jeremy. And you have to think back to the origins of this circuit. It is still an operating airport and it was designed to land B-17 bombers on back in the 1940s. And when they went to the idea that they would make a heavy bomber training bases, the back straight, the front straight, part of the runways that were here, those are squares of concrete that are about 12 feet square and I've heard anywhere between six and eight feet thick. So they are giant blocks, and they do, amazingly enough, move a little bit in the sandy soil that's here, and that's where the bumps come from. I think it's also some of the hardest concrete around because I know they've tried to shave it a couple of times, Jeremy, or grind it off, and it never seems to work.
1: No, no, nice try. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the the uh, yeah, They'll do what they can to try and... Uh, Minimize the bumps, but it, you know, it's still it's still always going to be a bumpy race, right? That's the nature of concrete as we see the race leader, Stephen McAleer, bringing that prestige performance. Car number one, representing the Paramus dealerships, all of there is a uh, not only does driver's championships but also team championships and a dealer championship as well in the lamborghini super trofeo the team championship currently led pretty convincingly by change racing the dealer championship also by uh, charlotte uh, the charlotte dealership which is also uh, represented by change racing they're in control of the dealer championship coming into these final couple of races there's a another great shot of uh, this is sergio jimenez so there's two answer motorsports cars we saw danny for car leaping from bump to bump through sunset bend and eventually blowing a tire and uh, uh, And uh, for Sergio Jimenez there, who made a bad pit stop, by the way, he spent uh, almost uh, uh, 16 seconds longer than he needed to on
0: on the pit lane. Uh, He wasn't changing drivers, so I don't know why that would have been. I was wondering about that, Jeremy. That's odd as a solo driver to have a long pit stop because unless there was a problem with the car that they were trying to get a handle on, I don't know why you would sit still any longer. And the great thing about Lamborghini Super Trofeo is you get action throughout all different kinds of classes. Turn one is seeing it right now. Good battles there. The 36 and the 87 having a go at it. Matt Dicken missed the WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca rounds. Having a good go with Sidney McKee in the 87 as they round the bend in turn four and head down through Gurney Bend, the right-hander that leads to the hairpin. Sydney McKee walked away from race number two at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca, with her first victory in Lamborghini Super Trofeo action in the LB Cup category, and I'm sure that is a weekend that she will not soon forget.
1: Yeah, very much so. But this is a super battle she's having here with, with Matt. Uh, uh, she's, she's closed in. Matt was running in the uh, second position. In fact, uh, Matt uh, qualified Uh, Second to Radice Solari who's uh, pulled away in the lead in the LB Cup category, but Matt Dicken has not been able to pull away from Sidney McKee.
0: Just love this racetrack and all the challenges that it brings so steeped in history. We talked about B-17 Flying Fortresses here. John Hindall just reminded me, uh, don't forget B-24 Liberators as well. And you think about those pilots training in those machines at this At this facility and now these pilots in these lamborghinis and the sports cars that we see race here on a regular basis doing some training as well and really is some of the same mindset trying to control a machine and get it to do what you want to do under some extreme circumstances and sebring as we have seen throughout this race certainly can give you some extreme circumstances pit window only 30 seconds left
1: Yeah, and uh, Corey Lewis has—he—he uh, he was the last of the contenders to require a pit stop. He has brought the number 63 car into the pits to hand over to McKay Snow. So this is going to handle the overall lead, as we see that battle for uh, second place position in uh, the LB Cup category uh, continue on around. Super battle between these two—they really are having a a, a great scrap—and uh, uh, they are going to continue to do that as this race uh, goes along but uh, out in the lead now I think will be Jacob Edson, he's got about a three second lead over the second place car of Brandon Godovic so that gap is uh, around about the same as it was actually extended just a little bit during that round of pit stops but uh, that would be not unexpected because uh, as a solo driver the number 46 car and the third place car number 16 both had slightly longer pit stops, three seconds longer than the solo drivers. So that has given a slightly bigger edge for Jacob
0: Edson, which is a mistake for Matt Dickin. Matt Dickin almost ran wide the last time at the hairpin, and Sidney McKee thought about getting down to the inside and getting the pass done and hesitated for just a second. Dickin maintained the position, but deja vu all over again into the hairpin this time around. The same mistake by Dickon, and Sidney McKee said, nope, I've seen that one before. I think I know what to do with it now. And a great move there, and takes over the position. Looking through after the pit stops, Madison Snow was shown for a moment behind the number one of Stuart Middleton, and that was going to be an issue. Every position out there right now for the 16 is absolutely paramount. Madison Snow needs to collect as many points as absolutely possible especially with the number six jake edson steven agakani up there in first right now they've got two pole positions here so points for those and if they walk away with a victory today the championship in pro is definitely going to close down
1: yeah good side side by saddle side by side battle there i think that is uh um leo lamellis uh, trying to make a move here going side by side with uh, andrea amici this is the second position in the am class the green car is at uh, leo Lamellas uh in the elephant uh, team us race entry uh that uh, is in that position as well second place but andrea amici the italian in caliber 25 he's taken over from ashton harrison and he is now this is a super battle for second position and they're side by side as they head towards <laughs> the Jean
0: durian bends <laughs> Oh, that that is good stuff right there through Bishop's Bend. Bishop's Bend can be taken flat out at 145 miles an hour in one of these Lamborghini Super Trofeo Huracan Evos when everything is right. Side by side is not right. You're not going to do it there. But great stuff here. Big slide by Sidney McKee as well back in the turn 14 area of the racetrack. And Matt Dicken almost made contact. Good job. These two have been at it and at each other for the last several laps. And little dramatic moment there as the 25 and the 24 still having a good go. Andrea Amici in and the 25 has gotten past Leo Lamellis. And for Amici, this is almost like coming home from the standpoint of his first race in North America it was here at Sebring, I believe, with Wayne Taylor Racing and Prestige Performance. And so he'll always look at this racetrack as somewhat special right now, second in Pro-Am.
1: Yeah, he's uh, finally made his way past. And uh, that's not good news for Leo Lomelis' championship yeah. aspirations because he came into the weekend eight points behind Corey Lewis and McKay Snow. Uh, he was running in the, uh, in, in the fourth position. He's third now, but uh, he's just lost that position to Andrew Meech. He got as high as second, but McKay Snow is quite a long way ahead of uh, both of these two. He's about 13 seconds up the road from this pair that is battling for second place.
0: 74 of Tom Kerr, the first car in the order down the Ullman Strait. And then just behind him, a good battle that we've been watching between the 87 of Sidney McKee and Matt Dickon. They have now closed in on Kerr. And he is going to become a factor in this fight. It'll be interesting to see if McKee flashing the light, saying, hey, I'm here, I'm here, I want by. But wanting and getting by are two different things. She does make the move into turn one, and had been telling Tom Kerr, uh, Here here it goes, so leave me room.
1: Well, that, that's right, Brian. And uh, Tom Kerr, he, he's been running in the LB Cup class
0: with CPP. Want him McKee to be and that and- nice, I don't think, to the- Matt <laughs> right behind. Looks like there's going to be a penalty on the 38 for pitting outside the window. Also penalties for the 29, a 1.2 second penalty at the end of the race and the 87, a penalty that'll be applied post-race of 0.87 second or 0.78 seconds, I should say, for pit stops that were too short. So they'll just add that to the race time and it moves you behind a competitor. Then so be it.
1: Yeah, and uh, really none of those uh, penalties. I don't think. Well, the 87 one, I guess, is uh, significant because well, uh, the, that is Sydney Baki with with Matt with with Matt Dicken. The uh, number 29 car is Victor Gomez, but uh, he's uh, he's well ahead of his uh, competitors in the AM category now. Victor Gomez running in the sixth position overall.
0: I know hardcore racers hate this, but as they run right now, Jake Edson, Stephen Agakani would pick up 15 points for the win, and I say hardcore racers hate that because we still have 14 minutes and a few seconds left to go from here at Sebring, and anything could happen, and Madison Snow would pick up 10 points, so it would be a five-point swing, plus the two pole positions would make it a seven-point swing coming in here, and that that is huge for Madison Snow you will have to finish fourth or better tomorrow if it were to finish this way. And like I said, if, that's, uh, well, it's not over yet. And Stephen Agakani, Jacob Edson, I know Agakani on pit lane on the box probably has his fingers crossed, Jeremy, because Jake Edson's having to work through traffic.
1: He is, and uh, he, he's uh, just got, got past uh, uh, Tom Kerr there pretty, pretty easily. In, in, next in his sights, I think, will be uh, that battle for second position in LB Cup between Sidney McKee and Matt dickin They're still separated by just a uh, half a second. as so said we were last time around. Uh, but uh, Jacob Edson just doing exactly what he needs to do at the front of this field. He's got a three second lead over Brandon
0: Godovic. And Sidney McKee having that good run in the LB Cup category, and that could be big. John Hennessy not here this weekend, couldn't get his car repaired. In time after an incident he had at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. So Hennessy not here. And Sydney McKee with some good finishes could move up to second in the championship. Jake Edson behind the wheel of the six wants to move up in the championship. He and Steven Agacani want to move to the lead in pro. And they're doing everything they need to do. Two pole positions this weekend in race one and in race two qualifying done for the two races obviously for the first race that's being run right now and Jake Edson now out in front Steven Agacani from the drop of the green a very powerful performance did not put a wheel wrong and now Edson has taken over they are going to leave this championship either with the championship trophy in their hands or not leaving a thing on the table
1: yeah what a, a great uh... Weekend, it could potentially be for uh, the Snow family, for Change Racing, and for the uh, Charlotte dealerships, because the uh, Madison Snow is uh, is uh, is running in third position here, but he still leads the championship, uh, the overall championship. His younger brother, McKay Snow, leads the Pro-Am class and the championship, uh, and in the Am category, Victor Gomez, the fourth, is heading towards yet another win in the Am class, also for Change Racing in the sixth position overall, and back in the LB Cup. Randy Solari has got a, a pretty handy lead, now eight seconds over Sydney McKee in the battle for LB Cup, 11th position overall for Col. 03.
0: And Sydney McKee still fighting with Matt Dickens. She wants another podium finish. She wants another win, but Randy Solari may have something to do about the win. As you said, he is well out in front right now, but she'd like another podium. She's had three, including the win, so far this season, this would be a first for second place finish for McKee if she can hold on to that. But Matt Dickon really putting the pressure on Jake Edson having to work his way through traffic and working his way through that battle between Matt Dickon and Sydney McKee. Looks inside at the hairpin, nothing doing there. And good decision, I think, on Edson's part to say this is not the time or the place to get this done. I want this victory, but I can't throw it away getting past a back marker. So right now, McKee holding on to second place in LB Cup and Edson through. But just behind him, Brandon Godovic, fourth car in that train, right there with Edson, not letting him get away. But now Godovic will have to deal with Dickon first and then McKee.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Jacob Edson's got pretty much everything in control. The gap has come down last time around. It's down, to, uh, down by, almost, by over a second, in actual fact, on this lap uh, as uh, Brandon Godovic. But it's now, as you say, Brian Till. it's Brandon Godovic has to work his way through these slower cars. That's going to cost him a little bit of time and allow Jacob Edson to extend his lead again out in front. It's now uh, around about three seconds, which is what it's been on a pretty, pretty regular basis. I think Jacob Edson... Is driving pretty much within himself at the moment from Littleton, Colorado. Uh, very talented young driver, just 25 years of age, uh, and he's doing exactly what he needs to do for that US racetronics team. But Brandon Godovic in second place in car number 46. He's now going to work his way past Sydney uh, McKee. He's going to go around the outside coming out of t- Sunset Bend. That's certainly going to cost him a little bit of time.
0: Yeah, it's going to cost him a lot of time, and that's, I think, what happened to Jake Edson the lap before. He lost time working his way through, and that allowed Godovic to close up, and then Godovic having to deal with the same traffic, I'm sure he has lost the time back to Jake Edson. You said what I was going to say as well, Jeremy, and that is I think Edson really is on top of his game. Impressive young man, and I think he looked at that traffic and said, okay, I have to deal with it, but so will the 46." work your way through, be clean, traffic gives, and it takes. Right now it's hurting me, but it's going to hurt him, so I'm going to work my way through methodically, and I think that's exactly what we've seen.
1: I completely agree. And uh, for, for Jacob Edson, uh, he's uh, just 25 years of age, but he's got a lot of experience. He's won championships uh, in the, the Porsche GT3 Cup Series. He was a bit of a star in the open-wheel ranks as well, was a Team say, scholarship winner back in uh, 2013, uh, and uh, you know, he's, one, he's, he, he's a very accomplished driver uh, and he's got a fair bit of, bit of experience here. His first uh, championship came in the Skip Barber Racing School uh, and uh, the Skip Barber Racing School for, for many years was based right here at Sebring International Raceway. So this is a track that Jacob Edson knows well and he's driving, I think, within himself now and just uh, with eight minutes remaining, just trying to keep his nose clean. Another clean pass just as he works his way through a little bit more traffic. But uh, it's uh, a nice, comfortable run at the moment for Jacob Edson.
0: I think the other great thing about this time of the season is by now, you know the competitors on the racetrack. You know the other class competitors that are out there. He caught Randy Solari, the leader in LB Cup, back in the turn 14-15 area. But he knows Solari. He's driven around him all season long. And that knowledge really helps. Inside the 69 gets past William Hubble. And Hubble has not been in the series all, all year long, but Edson raced against him last year. And once again, I think that knowledge of what you can expect from one of those competitors in another class pays big, big dividends. Champions Americans. will be crowned this weekend, Jeremy. Four different classes in Lamborghini Super Trofeo action. We see battles throughout those four classes on the racetrack here today.
1: We do, and uh,
0: we, th- right now there's, uh, there's not a lot of
1: uh, close positions going on in in any of the classes. Although uh, McKay Snow, excuse me, Madison Snow in the third position in car number 16 uh, is uh, is coming under impre- under under pressure now from Stuart Middleton in car number one. Uh, but uh, f- a little bit further back there is uh, Matt Dickin who's still chasing after Sydney McKee. She's But a little bit of day- daylight between. Herself and at number 36 car, as we see this battle uh, between the number 16 and the one that's uh, Madison Snow and Stuart Middleton in amongst these uh, LB Cup cars contenders as they work their way through the S's and up towards turn 10.
0: And this is not at all what Madison Snow needs a little desperation on his part. McKee gives him a slight opening. He takes it. He's through. But so is Middleton and Middleton now right on the rear wing and this is big for Madison Snow. If he can finish 3rd today, he can breathe a little bit sigh of relief for this afternoon's race. If he finishes 4th, he's going to have to really press in that final round later today. He needs this 3rd place finish. He needs this podium to limit the damage being done by Jake Edson and Steven Agakani and Middleton could care less about the championship. He and Steven McAleer want a victory, something that they have not had all year long.
1: Yeah, he'll be certainly striving for that as they head onto the Almond Straight one more time and uh, just a couple of car lengths between that uh, battle for third and fourth. Uh, Madison Snow has it, but Stuart Middleton is, uh, yeah, he's another of the uh, Lamborghini young drivers uh, from, from England and uh, got a goodly amount of experience in these cars, as, of course, has Madison Snow. The last time the Lamborghini Super Trofeo raced here at Sebring, in fact, the only time they've raced here, was back in 2015, and uh, Madison Snow was one of the uh, top contenders there. I think he got fastest lap in, in one of the races. Didn't hold the lap record at the end of the weekend, but he has experience here, here. Uh, in these cars, and he's looking to use that experience to hold on to that third position ahead of Stuart Middleton.
0: Randy Solari, the next car in front of Madison Snow through turn three, four, five, around Gurney Bend towards the hairpin, and it looks like Snow has been able to pull out just a little bit, but he's going to have to deal with Randy Solari, and where Stuart Middleton is so impressive is on the brakes down into the hairpin snow balked just a little bit by the zero three in front now Solari out of the way he knows what's going on he gets out of the way and lets the battle come through and it is there and so is middleton snow with a block to the inside and middleton saying i'm not having anything to do can snow do the over under middleton's through jeremy
1: he is indeed and <laughs> Uh, Madison Snow made it as difficult as he possibly could. He was squeezing down the inside line. But as you say, Stuart Middleton said, ah, uh-uh, uh, there's, 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 there's one Lamborghini car with room on the inside. I'm going to take it. Uh, and as a result of that, there was no way Madison Snow could even turn into the corner. So that was a really good pass,er uh, Certainly a bold pass there by Stuart Middleton. But he has now got that third position. And this is the battle now for Pro-Am. McKay Snow all of a sudden has come under intense pressure. That is Andrea Amici, the red and white car, right behind the black and red car of McKay Snow. This is a battle not only for fifth position, but uh, but crucially, perhaps, the Pro-Am uh, class lead
0: in this race. Very good point, Jeremy. And for Jacob Edson, out in front right now, Godovic in second, Madison Snow, Back to fourth. That is going to play into the championship in the pro category. And this battle is red hot. McKay Snow in the 63 and 25 of Amici is through, down through turn 16. Now down the Ullman straight. Can Snow answer back in the 63? Amici with a good run off the corner. Snow right there. But doesn't look like he can gain. That's about 160 miles an hour into the breaking zone for turn 17 and snow drops back a little bit coming off the apex and now the 29 victor gomez just behind him not for position in class but snow needs to try to fight back and get back to amici so for the snow family things not working out right well because both madison and mckay have each lost a position in their respective classes on this last lap
1: yes they have and that that certainly is not uh,
0: part of the plan it's not over, Jeremy. It is not over. Madison Snow, Stuart Middleton side-by-side side into turn 10 yet again. Snow's going to try to stay on the outside. Nothing doing.
1: Tremendous dicing between these two. They are absolutely neck and neck. It's uh, side-by-side heading into turn 10. It's Middleton who once again has the advantage, but, uh, but, but uh, Madison Snow... Uh, He's got a huge amount of experience in these cars. Just look at their respective fastest laps in the race, only a tenth of a second uh, between them. Uh, Madison Snow's best is about a tenth quicker than Middleton, but this is a super battle. It's going to go all the way to the end. That's a brave move to the inside there at the jean Benz, and Middleton goes wide.
0: Oh, and we'll have to see what the officials say about that. Was it contact that put him out there, or did he just overdrive the corner because essentially he was behind the curbing, and that could be considered a shortcut. We'll have to wait and see. But it's side by side down the Ullman Straight Once again, 160 mile an hour approach to 17. It's hard to go side by side through here. Middleton on the outside, snow to the inside.
1: <laughs> this is tremendous racing between these two. They're side by side as they head toward the start finish line. This is uh, taking white flag. the white flag. is all or nothing. Just three and uh, three quarter miles to go.
0: Edson up in front. He's out of the picture. So is Godovic. But for Madison Snow, he needs third place. He needs every point that he can get. Middleton has it. Snow wants it. And it is going to go down to the line. We saw Madison Snow attack the last time around. Loses a little bit off of turn four. That time as Edson through the hairpin. Four and a half second lead over Brandon Godovic. But the real fight is Stuart Middleton. And Madison Snow, as they head down to the hairpin, Snow trying to remount the charge. This is where he really got the advantage last time around and was able to close up on Middleton as they headed into the braking zone for turn 10. Nothing doing this time. And, in fact, off the hairpin, I think he loses a car length or two.
1: (laughs) That's a tremendous battle going on there, but uh, all on this last lap, uh, it looks like uh, Madison Snow has just fallen back just a little bit from Stuart Middleton. This is fourth position then, if, if it remains this way. Jacob Edson heading in now to the the final mile of this race. He's going to be heading on to the Almond Straight for the very last time. This gorgeous looking car, that's uh, hand painted at the Lamborghini factory in Italy. That uh, that uh, special Tricolore edition machine out in front of this race.
0: The penultimate round of the 2020 Lamborghini Super Trofeo North American Championship is just about over, and the championships are closing down. Jacob Edson, Steven Agacani, the number six. U.S. Racetronics, Lamborghini Beverly Hills through 17 onto the front straightaway looking for the checkered flag. They've got it. They've got the win. Win number three on the 2020 season, and the championship is narrowing down. What can Madison Snow do? Big run off of 17, closing in on Stuart Middleton in the one. It's going to be a dash to the line. Middleton's going to win it. He gets the final spot on the podium in the pro category. And for Madison Snow, that is big, big news because that is going to allow Aga Kani and Edson to close down that much more. Sidney McKee in the 87, the 38 just in front, not in the same class. And Sidney McKee is going to have a good run to third in lb cup but what great action for lamborghini super trofeo here at sebring brent a few years since they have run here and it is great to see them back andrea amici leading in the pro-am category victor gomez in am randy Solari is going to take the victory in lb cup and (laughs) jeremy did not disappoint and we still have one more race and the championships are not done
1: That's right. And uh, Leo Lamellis, I think, got ahead of of McKay Snow for second position in the Pro-Am class going into uh, the on this final lap. Uh, McKay Snow there falls to third position in the class, seventh overall. Andre Amici, the Italian, along with Ashton Harrison, wins the Pro-Am category for prestige performance. Leo Lamellis in second position and McKay Snow in third. And that is going to tighten up their championship as well going into the finale
0: later on this evening. Jacob Edson stuck in a snowbank three nights ago trying to get out of his house and get to the airport in Colorado, and three days later, the checkered flag and closing in on a championship in Lamborghini Super Trofeo. Good stuff. One race to go from Sebring. Nine rounds in the book. The 10th round will decide the championship. Lamborghini Super Trofeo, North America, the most exotic one-make series in North America and in the world. the radio show limited merchandise collection is now available. Yeah, available click on the link on the front page at radio-show.co.uk there's a variety of designs by renowned graphic and livery artist Andy Blackmore, including the midweek motorsport helmet the RSL logo plus some specials to commemorate our broadcast from Le Mans and Nürburgring 24 hour races all items are made to order by our partners full Talk gear and to keep the pesky postage costs down are dispatch from either Europe or the USA. New products and designs are being added regularly, so keep checking in by clicking the store button on the homepage. Show your true colours. Click the Radio Show Limited store. Open 24 hours every every day.